On this episode, Mady Amini, founder of American Mortgage Group, drops by. He has a direct-to-consumer mortgage company that has originated over a billion dollars in mortgages over the years. He has reinvented himself and his company several times to create and keep his success. We discuss topics such as marketing to self-employed borrowers, getting advice from billionaire mentors, and why you should simplify your product offering. Listen close as we discuss Mady's secret to success, which includes upgrading his car from a Honda to a Rolls Royce, and how to not be ruled by fear and emotions, but ways that you can learn and prosper from your mistakes. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. I'm here with Mady Amini. How are you doing, Mady? I'm doing great. How are you, John? Doing great. It's finally sunny here in San Diego yes. again. I know that we shouldn't complain because we always get it. But So I've got to ask, I don't know anyone else who's got a Rolls Royce, but you have a Rolls Royce. There's got to be a story behind this. Tell me what the story is. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. I've been an entrepreneur since, uh, I think, 13, 14 years old. Wow. At 18, I started, uh, you know, my own network marketing uh, telecommunications business in Excel. Okay. And uh, so I don't come for money. I didn't have money. And uh, I always, um, you know, back when we had magazines, opened up the DuPont registry and looked at all the cars and looked at the MTV cribs back then is yeah. the only thing we could dream of and looking at cars and, and you know, I started to love cars and yeah. I didn't have the money to buy them. I had a Honda Civic, you know, 87, I remember it. Yeah. And I uh, started, I lived in La Jolla, so I grew up around money, but didn't have too much of it. And I always told myself that one day I'm going to be able to afford a car like that. And so through uh, my entrepreneurial, uh, you know, uh, career right. um, for decades, 20 years now, uh, I always uh, got uh, an opportunity to get a car and Rolls Royce was it. But it feels uh, really good to be in a Rolls or a Benz yeah. and and uh, you feel a certain level of accomplishment. You know? That's awesome. Kind of reward yourself for things that you've done and just, you know, and, and is it that different from, you know, like the, the Honda? Do you feel like... It feels a <laughs> lot better than the Honda, yeah. for sure. That's cool. Right on, man. Well, I don't want to... That's, that's a cool side of you that... that no one else that I know has, but um, I know that's not the, uh, you know, that's just the outsider. That's just the the front. So not, not that you're fronting or anything, but that's just the the first thing you see when you see Mady, you know, pull Absolutely. up and stuff. But that does say a lot about you. So you run now, today, you run a successful mortgage company. Tell us a little bit about your, your mortgage company. You know, uh, the industry has changed. I, I've been in the industry for for uh, decades and being in the industry prior to the implosion, right. I think we all got accustomed to, uh, you know, mortgages. And then uh, we had to reinvent ourselves when the implosion happened with the NMLS and new products and right. and QM and how to, you know, look at taxes and, you mm-hmm. know, how we looked at investment property owners. And so for the last 10 years, I've been producing, uh, you know, running a direct to consumer branch. Okay. Um, I've been into internet marketing for a long time. We want to create, uh, we believe in the direct-to-consumer approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Technology's big. And so, 
in the industry, what I've always tried to do is, you know, perfect uh, the product, uh, the process, and build the right people that right. Uh, we can exponentially grow with. So I've had that philosophy for a long time. Uh, started in the industry, um, you know, uh, with a lead generator where we were spending millions of dollars per month and and creating leads. So I really got to develop, uh, you know, and scale. Um, units and volume uh, right. prior to the implosion. And now I guess my vision is to, uh, I saw that same, um, uh, it, right now, the same growth, a change that mm-hmm. happened in 07, I think it's happening now where we're going from in the box lending, where we're going from FHA, VA, uh, everyone thinking about purchases to where our industry as a whole, um, with my mortgage company or anyone else's, that we sure. got to grow, we got to change. You got to reinvent. And that's what, you know, my hat's off to you, John, because, you know, we partnered up. Um, and I see that with your vision, you guys saw the non QM. Um, you know, right. a, a while back, a lot of us uh, are hard headed and we don't want to look at that change <laughs> or, or see the new product coming. Mm-hmm. And so I advise everyone out there don't be that person. You know, when people Reinvent come to yourself, me, yeah. you have to. You know, I got into reverse mortgages. We became one of the top funders in reverse mortgages. Right. And today I, I see that with my mortgage company, I want to make it really simple. I want to make sure that we're focused on six core products um, that um, are going to meet the needs of the American people out there. That's good, man. So you've reinvented yourself. You've, uh, you've done, you know, you've been successful in each area. So you've went from, you know, agency loans, government now, then you did some, some, uh, uh, reverses and that you, you know, you were successful at that. And then now you're, you're, target is the non-QM and your aim and focus is all on that. So, so, I mean, as a, as a loan originator, I know you, you run a company, but I know you dabble right in some origination yourself. Do you do that still? Yeah. You know, I, it, part of, uh, you know, I like the show undercover boss. You yep. can't ask anyone to do anything if you can't do it yourself. I think Smart, you have yeah. to understand the needs, what the experience of the consumer is going to be. Right. Um, and, um, so yeah, you, you have to know it yourself and you got to believe in it yourself and you have to believe in the product. Right. I kind of think of like, you got to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening. And if yes. you don't do that, you lose touch. A lot of owners, you know, or, or people that are, you know, the present CEO, whoever can, can be a little detached from the day to day stuff. Right. In, in, in the nitty gritty. And when, when that happens, you lose some of the, it's kind of like you think of, you know, it's just stupid, but you think of the, um, Alexander the great, yeah. right? Like he was bold, but he was in the trenches with his guys you know, he was fighting next to him, shoulder to shoulder, leading the charge. And, and I always admired, you know, Alexander the Great and, and, and all that. I don't think that was a good movie. The one, yeah. But um, I love that, that uh, quote he said, fortune favors the bold. I don't know if that was really his quote, but I love that quote yes. about, about him and about what, you know, kind of what he stood for. And I see that in you too. And, and so um, tell me when you went from the shift from reverse to non-QM. How long ago was that? You know, it, two years ago. Um, and it, it, what know, caused you to see the change? Like, what was the the yeah. telling factor? Was it the the, the changes in the industry? Or I think there's it? a lot of change in the industry. I think uh, you know we don't want to let go. You know, when I started off in '07, we we're selling the option arms. One of the things that I didn't do I didn't let go quick enough and and it was a product that I wanted to hold on to Um, you know all the conduits were 
the implode meter was out. All the mortgage <laughs> companies were going out yeah, and we were submitting files and banks were going out and we didn't fund any of those deals. So I never wanted to, you know, get so emotionally attached to a product or yeah. say, I'm only going to do purchases or I'm only going to do this. I wanted to always be open minded and learn where is the industry going? Yeah. What are the products? What are the needs? Um, so when, you know, you look at interest rates being the lowest, when you're looking at people being able to get a three, three and a half percent FHA deal or being able to purchase a home or the VA products, these are all our government products that we had to run with for the last 10 years. And I think they're still great programs, right. um, but we've had a run now for 10 years. And so um, as interest rates went up um, and as we're marketers and I'm out there marketing digitally to see who's raising their hand, hmm. that's something that I, I watch out for is as long as in my business, I never you get mean worried. like by that, like who's who needs financing kind of? Yeah. Or? You know, okay. I mean, I, I say there's only one, you know, the day that I'm going to get worried in the mortgage and real estate industry is if people are not raising their hand needing help. Yeah. And what, what are they needing help for? And so. Um, you know, when you looked at my segue into the reverse mortgage industry, I saw an issue. I saw that, you know, when the QM happened and we're looking at tax returns, right. um, self-employed or retirees uh, had an issue uh, mm -hmm. qualifying for loans. And that the senior community, there's 10,000 seniors turning 62 lot, every yeah. single day. So the many. baby boomer generation is growing. And they have a $1,200 social security check. I knew that as an entrepreneur 20 years ago. Right. That like, you I can't wasn't going to live that. off of that. Right. Now, the average mortgage is ironically $1,200 a month. So yeah. here you got individuals that are um, equity rich, cash poor, no uh, savings at all. Right. Um, and they have a little bit of equity in their home. Was that going to be a need? And that's what got me into the, the reverse, reverse mortgage industry. Now you have proprietary products through you know, RMF and a lot of companies that are coming out with these amazing products where right. people are still under the misconception when you say the word reverse mortgage, Joe, John. It's a, it's a bad, it's a bad oh, word. Yeah. Are you going to lose your house? Right. And so I looked past that yeah. when, when I see a need and I can look at the statistics behind it and I know that they're not losing their home, that they get a 5.90%. The gov they're government loans. Government insured by, like, by the Really? You think the government's going to give them a bad loan? I mean... And, and it meets a need, right? And, yeah. and so you start learning and, and you drive that product and, and, and you know, you, you make money and you help people and it's a feel-good product. Right. So I saw the same thing happening um, as rates went up. As I saw that with the reverse mortgage industry, I'm like, what are we going to do with all these self-employed borrowers? Yep. Now, here we got, you know, a few aggregators, a few banks, um, you know, not a lot out there. And they're running around with their rate sheets and they're coming into your uh, mortgage company. Company and they're saying, hey, let's sell non-QM. Right. And I saw that that word non-QM is like the word reverse mortgage. Right. And if the like word non-what? Non, what what does that mean? And then yeah. and then the response for a lot of uh, account executives out there is uh, bank statement loans. And then the response you get right after that is, oh no, we're back. Yeah. And so it's fear-driven. It's sure. not knowing. The fear of unknown. How are you going to do this? How are you going to structure this? What does this mean? So right. two years ago, um, when everyone was... Um, you know, Eric Morganson from Angel came. Great guy. Um, you, yep. you, you and I talked about the the non-QM. I just wanted to learn from you guys. I wanted to know, hey, what are you guys doing? Um, how do you qualify? Right. Why do you believe in this market? And and you've set the standard uh, for five years. You, you've been ahead of this thing when we weren't doing it at all. And so to, to really come in 
and see mm-hmm. the thousands and tens and thousands of people that right. I personally, mm-hmm. doesn't take a rocket sign, I'm not the smartest guy, but I know that every time anyone in the mortgage industry, if you're listening to this, if you've done loans in the last 10 years and you got those tax returns in front of you and you looked at line 37 and it was a negative and they're self-employed, yep. you didn't even call that borrower back most of the time. So right. A lot of people don't. Oh, here's another self-employed. Right. When you looked at the tax returns and then all of a sudden you saw a Schedule E of real estate and you saw that they were writing everything off on that 71,000 page tax code that we have, which <laughs> right. is Americans, we want to write things off, right? Yeah, if you're our, self-employed. It's the law. We want to go from the E quadrant to the self-employed quadrant so we can start writing things off so we can control our income. And here are the wealthy individuals. I mean, I think it's 42 million uh, self-employed individuals in the United States, 15 million every day in in California alone. And so they're writing everything off, but they have money and banks today. And they're not lending it to them. They're creating jobs and they're they're giving. It's it's a good. I think our country was founded on. And the reason why the tax codes there is probably because they wanted to encourage entrepreneurship, right? Yes. Encourage people to start up and create jobs and create, you know, new products, innovate and all that stuff. So it's, it's, I think it's cool that we have that tax code, but it also, you know, it creates a, a need. It does. I mean, that's why we're in our, our niche. That's when you have here. to go back and someone actually didn't make the income that they did, but if they want to buy a $2 million house, they actually have to show more income than they made right. to reverse engineer qualifying for a loan. Where were we going to go? And yeah. so one of the things I looked at as a industry expert is I knew that there was going to be a problem when the, especially in the state of California, when the average home price in California became what the county limits were with FHA yeah. um, or Fannie Mae. Sure, and caps all the all the, the loans out so there. I think yeah. when you say non-QM, you know, it's almost like a cheesecake factory and it's taking you back 10 years back. It's using trigger words that you don't know what they are, what non-QM means, what are bank statements. But I think what I uh, learned in the last two years was to go into the in and out concept, uh, in and out Burger, you know, what are the top products in the non-QM? And to sum it up, you know, the self-employed, the the 24-month bank statements that you guys guys fund for us. In 12 months. 12 months, you know, uh, Mm P&L, where a self-employed borrower could take a 12-month P&L and you can look at the real net and signed P&L by a CPA. That's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, number two is the debt service coverage ratio loans, the investment properties, not looking right. at the borrower's uh, income, but looking at the property income. And Absolutely. you guys uh, have funded deals for us where, you know, all we got is the, the lease and, and mm-hmm. you know, the mortgage statement. And you don't even need mortgage statements on all the other properties. And someone with great credit and great LTVs getting amazing right. rates in comparison to Fannie Mae or anything like that. And, and they don't have to go through that qualifying of, um, you know, looking at their tax returns. Right. So, cause it's really about the income of the property at that it point. Is. You know, it's not about can this borrower, you know, does the, does the property and, and so many banks, you know, Chase Bank, B of A, I can name them all. They all in the commercial division, they all look at that. They all look at, does this property, you know, on a, on a, on a multifamily or uh, a commercial loan, you know, um, strip malls, all that. They look and see, does this thing debt service? Yes. You know, you know, it's the, it's the first time that we have an edge now as mortgage yeah. professionals on the deposit 
depository banks. Right. They're, they're the ones controlling the deposits, but they're telling their self-employed borrower that doesn't have a 700 credit score. Today in America, we're saying, banks are saying that you're, you don't have a 700 credit score, so therefore you can't get a million dollar purchase or um, you don't have the tax you don't have you don't have the income. income you need to be at a right. 43% DTI you need to have a 700 credit score and, and, and you I need to put 20% down and and it almost seems like in in essence you know it's it's the somehow the self-employed group you know um, demographic they're getting punished for you know they have a higher interest rate for not claiming more taxes well you know let me correct you they we got punished for 10 years yeah and we're no longer getting punished right because now now we're getting now we're actually getting you know i'm able to yeah but but the rates are slightly higher fanny's not doing it the government's not doing it banks aren't doing it but we can so they're not being i guess they're being punished still by them but not anymore because they you know people can find us but what i think of like you know I talk to entrepreneurs a lot and sometimes they can't get over. They go, I want the rate that's being advertised on bank rate. And I want, I want to not have to stroke a check for the, to the IRS and the state for, you know, 200 grand every year, you know, because, and they want them both. Right. And you can't have that both right now. You can have a decent rate, but it's not going to be the lowest rate on the planet because we don't have sure. bank. We're not a depository. Fund loans is not a, a depository bank. Um, if we were, obviously, we'd have way less cost of funds. Instead, right. we have hedge funds that we, you know, sell to and private equity and REITs, and their cost of funds are are more expensive. So, um, you know, we have to pass that on to the entrepreneur. But what's interesting is that, you know, some people think, well, I'm just going to you know, claim a bunch of taxes and then I'll qualify for a mortgage when that's like reverse thinking because they're going to say, I'm going to spend 200 grand on the, you know, on, on my taxes, but then I'll save maybe a thousand dollars a month or 800, $600 a month on a mortgage that you're only going to keep for three or four or five years. It doesn't matter. The pencil, it doesn't pencil out. It doesn't, Yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I if you look at the 650 in California or San Diego where we reside, if you look at the $650,000 loan amount or higher, and today the bank's going to 80%, really truly what is a jumbo rate? That that was my third product I was going to highlight is jumbo, right? right. We, we want to be focused on self-employed. We want to be focused on debt service coverage ratio loans for our investment properties because of qualifying measures, and we want to look at the jumbo market. So let's get into reality, America. What Where are rates today? Yeah. You know, we, we we for 10 years heard about the three percents and sure but you know again we don't talk about the mortgage insurance that fha charges so which is it really it there one or two percent higher yeah. you know i mean if you're at really at, at four and a half five percent with the mi um you know where are we really at um yeah. today you can get you know a 90 percent jumbo loan if you walked into the bank what would the rate be at 80 sure. percent ltv or do they do an investment property cash out to 70 no they no. don't they don't do do they it's do 80 we're doing it to 80 and do they do an interest only yeah a simple interest option which a lot of individuals in this bracket want to pay simple interest with their investment properties or yeah. they want to do that as self-employed borrowers on a a, a million dollar home or lastly what do you do when you want to buy a home over three million dollars some of you know your product and and how we met was you know the jumbo product um you know when you walk into a depository bank on a jumbo deal you know right. three to four million is their max even if you have the income you know 
at, at one point, you know, <laughs> we had a client call us uh, to buy the, you know, one of the biggest homes in LA and I called you up and you called an insurance company and, and, you know, and your hedge funds and, right. and it was a self-employed individual. And, you know, we yeah. got a quote on a 50%, $50 million <laughs> loan. And yeah. so I look at that as such a big opportunity that if you focus on, on what haven't we done in the last 10 years mm-hmm. um, and what are those products? Let's start doing that now. Right. That's, that's, that gives you the vision and the clarity that you need to set your business up so that you're not letting the words like non-QM or bank statements or reverse mortgage or rates going up or, you know, I'm stuck in my box. We're entrepreneurs. We got to think outside the box yep. and we got to, we got to have that vision and clarity so we can execute and grow. Definitely, man. So we're talking about products. What um, what do you see is different from the demographic of, say, a reverse mortgage, right? They're, you know, elderly people who are retired or, you know, they don't have an income stream. What do you see dealing with that demographic versus the, the non-QM demographic? Like, what's the, is there similarities? There's a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences. And I would say there's a lot of differences through the W-2 FHA, VA, uh, homeowner that you did a purchase or refi for, um, you know, you're getting a different caliber of individual. Um, and, uh, it's a lot easier, I would say, um, you know, to do a non-QM than a reverse. Um, absolutely. It's I think the self-employed, I got shocked, uh, as, as we're training and developing our team and coming up with, uh, how we're going to approach the marketing all the way through, uh, you know, getting applications all the way through presentation and close. Uh, what we learned was that, you know, the, the entrepreneurial uh, type of individual we haven't been speaking with for 10 years. Yeah. So that's a shock in itself. And they're shocked that you're able to actually help them out. Because if you've told someone for 10 years that you need their tax returns, they don't even believe or think they can get a loan. Yeah. And so I think the non-QM compared to reverses, they're both educational. You know, you got to get educated. The reverse mortgage market, uh, everyone was against it until age. G started spending $10 million paying the senator to start advertising on TV. Mm-hmm. And as a lead purchaser, Tom I wasn't Selleck. able to, yeah, uh, every single, you know, uh, they have Fonzie from yeah. Happy Days. <laughs> all those guys, All man. those guys. And yeah. so that, all that marketing built the awareness where now people are actually going online and searching. So now you can actually get seniors that are raising their hand. Sure. And it's a feel good product because you're saving those seniors. So there's a lot of similarities because you're qualifying um, with common sense lending for a senior that right. hasn't been able to get a product. The self-employed, totally different type person. You you find a primary residence in there and then all of a sudden, you know, it's much easier because they have two to three investment properties yeah. and then they, they want to do They typically have someone in, you know, their own accountant. Yes. They typically have someone that can assist them in finding their, do- sometimes they have their documents right at their fingertips, which, you know, I remember being an originator back in the day where you'd have to go to their house and they'd look through boxes and, you know, they'd have to pull out their tax return that they stored up in their attic, you know, and it, like, it's different now. It it's is. a lot different. And Especially where, with, like, things like Maxwell and, like, Yeah, technology, you know, we're yeah. able to, John, we're able to take an individual that raises their hand saying that they want a self-employed loan yep. to getting an application, mm-hmm. to getting all their documents 
uploaded within seconds into a system that tracks that and yeah. follows up with them. All Tells the them way, how urgent it is to get that doc it's in. It's amazing. I mean, it's, and and we can move so quick and, and we could fund loans really right. quickly. Um, you know, and the demographic is more aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do get their documents to you much faster. And I believe that you're building a client for life. These are the types of people that once you take care of them, they will be coming back to you to do right. more loans. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's amazing when people get turned down somewhere else and then, then, and then you say yes, how, how much they become a believer in what you do and, and how much they want to refer you people and how much they want to, you know, just there's so many things that are great about, you know, helping people out when they get told no in other circumstances. So what advice would you give, say, an originator watching or listening to this? What advice would you give an originator that's focused on the, the you know, maybe they had reverse business or maybe they had agency business and now they are um, saying, gosh, I'm, I'm late to the game or I'm late to the party. How do I how do I get into non-cam? What kind of advice would you tell them? You know, I, I don't think you're late to the party is the first thing I would say. Uh, that's fear driven. Fear is yeah. a liar. Don't listen to, you know, those thoughts. I think an average human being has 75,000 thoughts per day. And if you listen to those thoughts all the time and react emotionally to those thoughts and start comparing yourself, doubting yourself, you know, is this industry going to be done? Am I going to make money? I have to make all these changes. Then we're going to be caught up in our heads. So the first thing I'd say is learn how your brain works and don't be emotional and don't listen to the naysayers or people that are telling you that uh, the world's coming to an end or your product is not Big crash around. coming, big crisis. We all want to talk about it. Um, right. You know, uh, you don't get paid to talk about it. So I would talk about building your belief, build your belief in the industry, get the knowledge that you need yeah. um, about the product. Um, sell yourself. Hmm. You got to sell yourself is my advice. If you can't sell yourself on the product, on the need, yeah. and you're not convinced, then it's very easy to waver. Yeah. You got to have unwavering faith and belief and purpose mm-hmm. that you um, you know, you have a driven purpose and wanting to help people. And if you're in the industry, if you're, you know, you're going to make the implosion. I remember when the implosion happened, there's a lot yeah. of doubt. There's a lot of loan officers, mortgage guys that went back to doing their day job. I remember opening sure. up my company um, right when everything crashed and yeah. I got involved. Uh, didn't know what product, John. I didn't know what product. I didn't even know where I was going to get leads. And in fact, I told my guys, we have no products. I don't <laughs> know what we're going to do, but we're going to get on the phone and talk to people because sooner or later there will be a need. And if we work hard, we'll be in front of the wave. Yep. So this is a time to re- uh, look at your goals and decide it, whether you're you're a loan officer, whether you have a branch, whether you have you're a broker, right. uh, whether you're direct to consumer. It doesn't matter. As professionals in real estate and loans, you got to develop a new plan. And I think the new plan. I think we're going back to ten years ago, not only in in product, yep. but I think this is where the entrepreneurial spirit comes up. I think this is a the chance that you either need to be with uh, a non-QM bank where you have a branch where you're banking non-QM loans yep. um, or you have to be a, 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 a broker, a broker. Yeah. And, and build your 
broker broker model right and this is under the department of real estate under mm -hmm. your cfl license and we haven't had that opportunity um in the last 10 years we've all been working with bankers uh, bankers and yeah. and, and the broker and kind FHA. of went away for a while it was it, was it like, went away yeah you know there's no advantage of it and i think it's back yeah and i think the people I mean, it's that crazy to see nam nam and aim all that stuff just exploding right it's, now it is and i yeah. think this so this it's timing yeah i've learned real quick uh from a billionaire kenny trout one of my first mentors that timing was everything yeah um so this is when it's quiet like this yeah. and, or everyone's not in traffic you know kenny trout said go you want to be the guy going the opposite direction right and so i think that there's a lot of and individuals you hearing the, the, all the people in the traffic and you're cruising you're just laughing you're like oh my gosh yes but it's so true like, yes and then you're looking your guy you're the guy in the traffic and you're, you're watching Royce. the other guy and you're Rolls Royce. they're watching you <laughs> and they're watching you in the Rolls Royce. you know i look at the 52 yeah. you, you 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 go west there's no cars going you go east there's a lot of traffic, there is. you know, yeah, you, gotta, you gotta figure it out, right? You gotta be the smart Not one. Not that many going to La Jolla, everyone else going to East County. No offense, East County. No, it's true. It's, it's true. So you talking about a mentor. Tell me more about, uh, who's like, who's a big influence on you. You know, like the, this guy that you said is billionaire. You know, I've Do had to watch any shows that inspire you. Do you have like any, any mentors that inspire you? Like what? Tell us. I, you know, I'm, I've been inspired. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, was born in Iran. I, I came to the United States when I was four years old. I had bombs flying over my head through the Iran-Iraq war. Um, I was born the year the revolution happened in Iran. Yep. Um, I was scared for my life. And so when I came and lived in La Jolla and San Diego and had that freedom and was able to, you know, really build my life. Um, I, I put all my energy into school and basketball. Yep. So my first mentors were my basketball coaches that taught right. me how to really work hard. My inspiration was my mom and dad that showed me that they can leave everything behind and give me an opportunity mm -hmm. here in the United States. And it was my obligation to, as the only child, to produce and be able to be the best that I can be. And yeah. through life, um, you have um, different mentors in different seasons of life. I think my first mentor, uh, you know, was uh, Al Thomas and, uh, you know, uh, multimillionaire and mm -hmm. Kenny Trout. And, you know, they taught me a lesson. And back then it was right when Robert Kiyosaki, the book came out, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And he was doing his seminars back then and they were talking about real estate. They said, get into real estate. Mm -hmm. And they taught me, the second thing they taught me was residual income, passive income. Right. And what they were teaching me is they said, matey, you could either plan A, work 40 years for your boss and make your boss rich. Plan B, work five years for yourself, make yourself rich. Yep. Now, if you fail at plan B, you have 35 more years to go to plan A. Right. And so, um, you know, thinking about a rich dad and a poor dad at that time, 20 yeah. years ago, I'm almost 40 years old, the internet was just getting plugged into the wall with AOL. Right. Uh, deregulation of telecommunications was happening. We didn't have the smartphones back then. We didn't have the marketing channels that we have today in digital world. We, had, we didn't have ways to get into someone's mind, like brain like today Instantly. like in front of their eyeballs like that for very little money and like, that changes yeah. the world that changes yeah. everything and even by not having those things he said you want to get from you never want to be in the e quadrant you never want to be an employee you never want to have a job yep. job stands for just over broke they pay you just <laughs> enough so you don't quit right and, and you know and you're going to do just enough so they don't fire you it's a mutual relationship and he's like you know you want to be in the s quadrant and you want to be self-employed mm -hmm. and you want to be able to have unlimited income potential and right. you want to be able to do that. So that was the first time that I really had mentorship, that I had to decide what to do and
and I dropped out of college. Um, that's not the Persian thing to do. We're supposed to be a doctor, a lawyer, go to a UC school. Sure. Um, I grew up really quickly. I was able to build a successful business in the telecommunication, multi-level marketing, entrepreneurial world. Yeah. I met a lot of great people. Uh, I met, uh, you know, one of the individuals that I worked with that got me going into the Bill Lyons that got me going into the mortgage business. Yep. Uh, Bill was a great inspiration to mm -hmm. teach me technology marketing in relation in uh, relating to uh, real estate. Right. Um, Kenny Trout. How many billionaires do you know? He just won yeah. the Kentucky Derby. Does he have um, roles? He has many things. Many roles. Many, many, uh, many other. He, at that fun time, he's, he's you know one point four billion dollars. You can look him up, Kenny Trout. Yeah. And uh, we were the youngest company to go live on the New York Stock Exchange. I saw billionaires' vision, and it was totally different. Yeah. It, it was different, and that's where. That the roles and the, the cars and the houses and the dream came right. was, wow, that is possible. True, I don't need yeah. to be an athlete or I can actually do that by being an entrepreneur. So I think that's from my coaches to my parents to just living in America, John. Yeah. The I land mean, of the free, we, man. this is, you know, the land of opportunity. Yeah. I know we all have our political views and things can get pretty tough out there. Right. Um, and we all unite well when, when we get attacked as Americans, we do a great job of uniting, but you know, we live in the greatest country in the world and, and you know, we have opportunity. You could be who you want to be. Right. With that being said, you got to always be willing to be mentored. And so, at 30, and willing to work. Willing to work. So yeah. at 38 years of age, my mentors, or some of my mentors are my peers, people like yourself, um, where I can talk with about, you know, areas of expertise that I don't know too much about. Definitely. Um, I'm not, I don't know any, everything, and I'm not scared to getting help and, and getting coaching from great people uh, that can help me improve myself and grow. Right. Um, speaking of mentors, um, there's a guy out there named Gary Vaynerchuk, who's very popular in the yes. social media stuff. And he's, uh, I, I look up to him. I've watched his stuff. I've, I've watched less lately just because, you know, I've heard a lot of his stuff. It's, it's you know, he, he's got so many great points, right? And sometimes, you know, you hear the same thing over and over again, which isn't bad because he's getting his message out there. But one thing that he says is that, you know, you shouldn't buy a primary residence. Now, as a mortgage owner of a, of a company, like a, like a CEO of a mortgage company. And as a originator, I've seen the wealth that's been created by owning a primary residence. And I've also seen documentaries where, you know, in the, in the past, there's been communities redlined out of home ownership and that they've suffered generationally for not owning a primary residence. And so the message that he puts out there saying, you know, you shouldn't own a primary, you should maybe buy investment property or blah, 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 as knowing what it takes to buy an investment property which takes a large down payment, which most people are never going to have. Um, the, the advice I think is bad advice, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't blame him for that, but as a mentor, I think some people should listen to some alternative um, advice about that. And one thing that I believe, and one thing that's happened to me over years is I've created my own wealth from, you know, buying a, a, a primary residence, you know, a, having that appreciate and then buying a, another property and then renting out the house that I bought because you can put only what 5% down sometimes or even less uh, when you buy a primary, but when you buy an investment, you 
got to put 20 typically or 25% down. Uh, rarely can you do an investment property at like say 90 or 85 LTV. Um, but like, what would you say to someone like that out there that's telling millennials or telling people that, you know, owning a, uh, primary residence is not, is not wise. Wow. Uh, you know, I, buying real estate is wise. Mm-hmm. Um, Paying rent is not wise. Right. Um, you know, getting the interest deduction is wise. And if you look at the long haul in the last 10, 15 years, pr- look at what property values have done. Yeah. I think people that say that they've lost something and sure. they haven't gotten over it. Right. Um, and so having a primary residence, you know, I, I you know, buying a home um, when the implosion happens, everyone's looking for the right time. So if you listen to those people that say don't buy a primary residence, then they say that you're not going to make money through it. But there, I believe there's three benefits of owning a primary residence. Number one, it's the American dream. You, you got to own a home. You got to you got to have the white picket fence. You and don't want to be stroke a check every month somewhere to live. I, I have a, you know, a, a four year old and a six year old. I don't want to be moving every day. Right. And in um, millennials as well. Uh, what if you can buy a home and, and rent the rooms out to a few friends? So my mentors, Absolutely. my millionaire billionaire mentors, right. the first thing they told me to do is get a primary residence. The second thing they told me to do is get more investment properties. Absolutely. And they repeat it over and over again. Yeah. Um, now, again, if you look at the people that lost money, if they made the right decisions and got in the right loans, um, look at their asset today. Yeah. Um, it always comes back. There's more millionaires and billionaires created in real estate than any other industry. So That's right. I say, go get a primary residence, right. buy your investment properties and never limit yourself. You know, um, I'm working on deals right now that are with a B, you know, a billion dollar deals, $168 million deals. Um, and some of these $168 million or $1 billion deals are just as much work as the $100,000 deal. So right. in order to grow, you can't limit yourself and you can't be fear-based, but buy your primary residence for sure. Definitely, man. I like that. Especially I'm glad now. You agree. Yeah. I'm glad you agree with that because I think it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's being spread out there that's not true. And just the facts are, you know, that if you look at a graph, even a five-year-old could look at a graph and tell you, you know, it's going up, you know, from, from 50 years ago till today, the price of real estate has gone up. Like there's no question if it goes up or not over time. So, um, that's definitely something that I think people should look at. Um, which tells you one last thing is that the, the individuals, the self-employed, the investment property owners, people in the jumbo position, Mm -hmm. if you look at it, we have so much equity right now. Yep. So much equity in the United States that's been untapped. So, so much. It's go ask them incredible. if it, it was wise to keep their primary residence and not let it go. Yeah. On average, you're seeing you know, 30 40% equity. Now, go ask those same people. Uh, look at their retirement account through mm-hmm. bear and bull markets mm-hmm. in, in the last 40 years and what it takes to actually get even in your money in the stock and in, in, in your retirement accounts. Yeah. Um, where you're going to create your retirement is real estate. I mean, if you look at how much equity is untapped, like the other day I was driving through LA, I was driving through some of the nicer areas of Brentwood, like Brentwood area. Yes. And, and I just saw house after house after house. After, I mean, thousands of houses. It's the same in San Francisco. It's the same in Miami. It's the same in Washington and Bellevue and different other you know cities. You just, you can go on Redfin and I encourage people to just go drive the streets or go look at Redfin and look up how many homes are out there and imagine you know, every one of those people could 
either, you know, be self-employed and not have a mortgage. You can do, you can go and get data on which one of them, which one of these properties do have a mortgage, which one of them have a private mortgage and refi them. I mean, there's so many ways in the jumbo sector where there's a need and someone probably had a missed opportunity somewhere in there. So, I mean, I'm with you with, you know, there's so many ways to, if you just roll up your sleeves and work hard, there's so many ways to make money in this mortgage business, but you got to have, you got to pick a product that's, that's hot, that's moving, that's, that's in need where the people are raising their hands and they're, they're saying, I need, I need money. I need mortgages. Um, any, any, uh, last advice that you would give someone that's looking for, like, how do you create leads? I know that, uh, you know, you guys have been successful, but how, how does your company get your leads or tell us a little bit about how you guys originate? You know, we, Digital marketing for 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 decades has been you know buying leads, yeah. um, you know Google, Facebook, driving a product, figuring out exactly how to do it digitally mm-hmm. um, from direct from them raising their hand to getting the app to uh, up, uploading all the documents to funding a deal. So you're, um, belie- you're a believer in the digital marketing, uh, big time. Internet yeah. um, has changed the world, yeah. um, and that's the easiest way to get to anybody. I've done every mm-hmm. type of marketing that you could think of. Right. Radio TV, bus benches, yep. um, you know, you can't beat, um, you know, paying per lead and creating a lead of an individual. And then with technology today, you could take them through the process very quickly and you could build your business, not only in your local area, but all across the United States. Um, so I think digital marketing is huge to always um be up on your game as far as what to do and how to build your business. You got to know where you're your borrowers looking right like I love that Gary Vaynerchuk Chuck says when he was a kid when he had a, uh, a lemonade stand that he was looking at the people's eye eyeballs yeah like in the cars when they were driving by trying to see where they were looking you know and he so he saw like they were looking maybe at a stop sign or they were looking at you know certain areas and so he then would go put signs so you got to know I love that because you got to know where great. your customers looking and where their eyeballs are where their attention is and on the internet you can easily find you know where your demographic where their attention is being pointed to or where they're at and then you can put targeted money behind that and i'm sure that's kind of what you guys do is is that's that's probably ways i mean that's great ways for you to figure that out it's like you wouldn't put a billboard you know um next to like the biggest church in America, you wouldn't put a billboard, you know, for something but bad, right? Like right. maybe you would, but like, you know what I mean? Like you would find like certain, certain demographics where people are. And then you'd put, you know, like on bus benches, like bus benches are probably not the best marketing for like a luxury mortgage because, you know, people might not be looking at a bus bench, you know, for a luxury mortgage, but they're probably great for FHAs or other government loans. If you're trying to market to veterans, you're not going to, you know, you're going to maybe go somewhere where there's, you know, more veterans and where their eyeballs are. The hospital. Yeah. Perfect spot. Right. Yeah. So, um, good advice, Mandy. Last thing I like to ask all my, uh, you know, all the people that are, that come on the show is as entrepreneurs, we've gone through, you know, great successes and then we've gone through failures. I know that, you know, any successful entrepreneur has had failures. It's not about how many times you fail. It's how many times you get up. We all know that, but what's your favorite, favorite, favorite failure that you've had? Favorite failure that I had is, uh, the telecommunications industry, Excel communications, uh, you know, putting my heart and soul into a network marketing business and uh, that business uh, being sold off and uh, and us, all of our incomes being, uh, you know, 
disconnected like long distance service was and (laughs) so that got wiped out and I had to do a lot of soul searching right then and there and I didn't know what to do and that's where uh, Bill Lyons um, you know I started looking at a lot of network marketing companies and he took me to the university club and he sat down and said look I want you to take a look at this business and what he had going on was internet marketing and digital marketing and I believed in that I built 20,000 entrepreneurs across four different countries with Excel and it was a, a industry move that I was making it was a big change that I was making in my life but I believed in what he was saying and mm-hmm. we got involved and built a pretty successful company and and executed on that so that was the biggest um, uh, failure uh, in my life um, and I've, I've made since I've made plenty more um, you know with success uh, that was the success. biggest one where it made a huge shift in what you did me. Yeah. yeah it made me really t- to look at myself seriously and think about what I was going to do and and really get focused in so right. that was big but with that came the biggest you know encouragement and success in my life so it seems like right when you make the biggest mistakes uh, right around the corner if you don't give up mm-hmm. uh, is where you see the biggest benefits and you see the biggest growth and I think through being an 18 year old an entrepreneur quitting yep. school and all the challenges that I thought were big then and getting a Movado watch and getting my first <laughs> Honda Accord and you fast forward it to 38 years old and you look at all the riches and all the stuff right. it, that starts to wear off it, it doesn't really mean anything anymore what is your driven purpose as an entrepreneur and and what you see is that there's a lot of failures that there's yep. not too many moments that you can just say hey it's always been all good sure. and as entrepreneurs in the mortgage industry you know, going through the implosion, you get tested. Yeah. And I think you sometimes think you're the failure, but mm-hmm. there's certain things that you can't handle, uh, you know, you can't help and right. it's not in your hands. And that's where you got to stay calm and you got to stay, have belief and have faith. And yeah. I, I thank God for that every single day that he's given me the strength. It's all his glory to be able to, you know, execute and grow. Um, and I, and I really feel that everyone in the industry, I really mean this, whether you're a real estate agent, you're a mortgage professional, I think you should be able to get paid on real estate loans. I think you should be working under the Department of Real Estate. I think you should be able to do uh, commercial construction, sure. non-QM. You need to pick those six products and you'd be an entrepreneur again. And we're one of the only ones that are self-employed and can be paid 1099 left in, right. the, in, in the state. And so now take advantage of that. Now you're all your secrets, matey. I love it. Oh, I'm all, uh, transparent. <laughs> yep. Transparent. That's awesome, man. That's where everyone should be. I love it. Thanks for coming on. and uh, Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for everything you've done for for my organization and helping Absolutely. us out and and being an industry leader in the non-QM you guys are the uh, my wife likes to shop at Neiman Marcus but you <laughs> guys are the Neiman Marcus the Nordstrom's of the non-QM industry thank you for um, saying that you, you guys great amazing service um, you know getting back to our team all the time on the deals you have the speed uh, you have the jumbo product um, you know you definitely niched uh, out the market uh, with what you guys do here so thank you, I commend you and day. Chad for that. And I thank you for the opportunity to allow us to partner up with you. Awesome. Thanks, matey. Thanks for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's fund loans together.